Welcome to Cannabis Investing Newsletter. I'm D.H. Taylor. Today, I want to look at Oxley Cannabis Group. Oxley is starting to turn into an interesting stock. The thing is, I know that they just did a capital raise, and some individuals are a little burned on uh, the dilution. That comes with the territory with where we are with a lot of cannabis stocks. We see this often. These companies are starting to turn the corner, and Oxley is one of them. They're a quarter away from what they're telling us, from hitting EBITDA profitability. And I want to break that down and show you what potential that could mean. In the meantime, previous quarter, uh, they lost 50% revenue, came back this quarter with 100% gain, a little more. Given that, let's break down the numbers. I'm going to show you what kind of potential they can have. And I want to show something specific called marginal costs and marginal profits. I'm going to start dropping this in here because it's something that I think is important. And I think there's a good example as to if you understand this concept, looking at some of these companies and seeing more potential based on those two concepts. Let's jump in the computer. Let's break down Oxley Cannabis Group. Welcome to the channel. If this is your first time stopping by, uh, both YouTube channel and website, um, I'm a value investor. I break things down according to value only. I don't really look at the cute little patterns that the charts are making, things like this. Today, along with Oxley Cannabis Group, we're going to look at these concepts, marginal costs and marginal profits. Uh, by education, I have a dual major, uh, mathematics and economics. Uh, mathematics, I went with applied mathematics focusing on statistics because it overlaid into economics and uh, macroeconomics. I look at the broader picture of things. Before you get into that broader picture, though, you need to understand these littler concepts. And I want to break this down really quick. Um, let's say hypothetically a company is EBITDA profitable. Break even. Break even. They're pushing 10,000 units through the... Um, uh, through the processing facilities in a quarter. And let's say they are break even on that, but it's a million dollars in revenue. Easy numbers to kind of sort through. What happens if you get one more unit go through? This is where marginal costs and profits come into play. Think about a dispensary for a second or a growth facility or a processing facility. Those are the three um, sort of core business concepts of getting the product out there. The other side of the business, of course, is the corporate side, running the business, sales, general, administrative, things like this, operational side. Um, if you push through one more product, the rent on the dispensary is already paid for. The lights are already paid for. Uh, everything is paid for. Labor is already paid for because everybody's already there. So when you push that one thing through, your marginal costs are very small relative to everything else because you're break-even on an EBITDA profitable basis. Given that, your marginal profits are outside. But the thing is, when, when a company does look at all these variables, they mix it all together. All right, you got 10,000 units making a million dollars in sales. Now you're at 10000 you're making a million and $10, whatever it might be. So what happens is they look at all the costs of all the products, all 10001 and they figure out what those costs are. But if you understand that concept, you'll realize that once a company does get to a certain 
sort of milestone, when they do get more products going through, profits and costs are different relative to every single profit and cost prior because you're already at break even. Understanding that, let's look at uh, Oxley Cannabis Group because you're going to see that they're really close, which means their margins are going to get better and better. As their revenue goes up, their gross margins are going to improve, their operational costs are going to uh, improve, and given that, they're going to get closer and closer to EBITDA profitability. They're already telling us that at the end of this year, and they just printed Q3, they're going to be EBITDA profitable. That's a jump. Let's look at some numbers. Oxley Cannabis CBWTF down here in the United States on the OTC. $156 million uh, market capitalization, not huge. That's kind of a sweet spot, though. You find a lot of companies right around in that area that are going to be um, looked over. 836 million shares outstanding, float unlimited. Now, on these presentations, I'm going to start bringing in just one more line, one more line, continually do that. Float unlimited. Now, why would I talk about that? Um, there, I got an email the other day regarding uh, a company. I can't remember which one it was. And the individual asked me the question about, uh, it was Marymed, I believe. Uh, he asked regarding some warrants and things that are future that aren't, out, uh, those warrants aren't callable for another five years. And at the same time, Mary Med had authorized themselves more shares. All right. Now, you've got that float or those, those shares allocatable. Then you have shares outstanding. We only care about the shares outstanding. If a company has 100 million shares outstanding, but they have the capability of issuing say up to 500 million you don't care about those 400 million but mary med just authorized themselves a lot more shares which makes me wonder are they going to make a move that i thought was interesting uh 52 week high on oxley 41 cents 52 week low eight cents got hit pretty hard with this last uh move but that eight cents came prior to that Current price about 17 cents. Now I'm, I've got Q3 numbers, but I'm comparing Q3 in the hundred stocks that I have. I'm comparing Q3 to where it would have been in Q2, and the reason why I'm doing that is Oxley's one of the first companies to print Q3, so I don't have any data on them. Uh, market capitalization number 29 at 160 million. Um, revenue growth rate. We're going to sanitize that. Uh, simply put. They had 14.1 million Q1, Q2 was 8.1 million, and then this quarter was another 16 million, and these are all U.S. dollars. So they went from 14, chop it in half, down to 8, then double it up to 16. Uh, I can't rationally give them a quarter over quarter, and I don't feel like busting out on 7th grade calculus and figuring out, or algebra, and figuring out, well, what would that have been? on a rolling basis. Number 42, gross margins, 38%. Number 38, operating efficiency, 68%. So these are the two things they're getting there. If they were to flip-flop this, uh, gross margins at 68% and, and operating efficiencies at 38%, they'd be crushing it. They're getting there. And they expect a pretty decent jump in revenue. 
EBITDA to revenue, negative 17%. This put them right in the middle at number 54. They did have negative EBITDA. They're getting close. Cash to debt ratio, 20.1%. Um, not in love with this number. They just did a cash raise. Their cash on hand is starting to incrementally get higher and higher. But these guys need to hit EBITDA profitability this quarter and then net profitability really soon and start bringing in that cash so that they don't have to sell off any more shares. Finally, number 15 total assets, $198 million. Here's our revenue picture, 10.1 million, 14.8 million, 8 million, then 16.8 million. The previous quarter came in at 8 million and the stock dropped hard, about 50% along with their revenue. Uh, they then printed 16.8 million and one would have hoped that they would have doubled their stock price. Cannabis, broadly speaking, is not getting a lot of love. It is a popularity contest. Those of us who are getting in right now, we are the ones who uh, are going to be giggling later on. The rest of them are going to wait and wait and wait. This train will start moving. The market will not ignore profits in perpetuity. All right. And these guys, like I said, are getting close. So we'll see. Oh, one more thing. This puts their 16.8 million. Now, if you go to the website, and I explain this on the website, um, I'm always talking in US dollars. But in this case, I did specify some CAD numbers. Simply put, these guys came in at number six for the entire Canada, which is pretty outstanding if you ask me. Uh, the thing is with that, Canada is printing about $350 million per month or per quarter, uh, however that works out. Um, given that, and that's Canadian, and I didn't want to convert this, this is why I'm bringing this up. They, These guys, Oxley Cannabis is hoping to print between 7 and 9%, which sounds like 8% to me, uh, of total revenue for the country of Canada. They just printed it. They're about 6.5%, 6.4%, 6.3%, somewhere in there. So this 16.8 million, which is about 21 million Canadian, is really close to that number. All right. They're only about one and a half percent away from getting that seven to nine percent midpoint okay and this is what i really wanted everybody to focus on when you're looking at this i'm showing 16.8 million us dollars if they were to hit eight percent which is their goal for this next quarter seven between seven and nine percent they might hit like seven and be like oh we hit our goal I'm shooting for eight. Let's see what they can do. Um, given that, if they hit that 8%, this translates into about 21 million US, which is just over 30 million in Canadian based on the exchange rate. So you're looking for a big jump in revenue in this coming quarter. That's important because since they are so close in EBITDA profitability, we go back to marginal costs and marginal profits any new revenue going through the system is going to have outsized profits and undersized costs.
gross margins, as you can see, uh, they were roughly mid-20s for a while there. Uh, they had to write some product off two quarters ago, but they hit nearly 40% at 38.1% for this quarter, up from 23.8% the quarter before that. So that's respectable, but it's not quite there yet. Again, though, marginal costs and marginal profits. If these guys push through over 20 million in revenue, the next layer of revenue is going to have increased margins. So that's something I'll be looking for on that. Okay, operating costs. These are the actual numbers for operating costs. I did not come in with my typical operating efficiencies uh, chart simply because if you look at this chart um, from a percentage basis based on their operating costs over revenue because their revenue was up and down, up and down, up and down, and there's some up and down going on here with the operating uh, total operating costs, the chart was almost useless to look at. Uh, despite the most recent number, which came in about 38%, prior to that, it was kind of, well, you can see they printed 9.5 million for the previous quarter, but they only brought in, what, eight and a half million or something like that, 8.1 million. So that was over 100%. The chart was just ugly. But I wanted to put this out here simply because these whole numbers are actually important. You can see that these guys are, kind of staying consistent with their operating costs you know uh, sales general administrative are in this so the salaries are all about the same they could easily sp spend more money on sales to get more revenue uh, general costs are about the same as well you want to see this uh, on a whole a whole basis uh, you want to see some consistency here uh, the chart unfortunately was not EBITDA profitability was negative 2.9 million. And I broke this down real nice on the website. All right, what happens if they hit 21 million, like they're trying to kind of come in between 20 and 21 million? That's about four and a half million dollars more than what they just printed. So that would be operating profits, or I'm sorry, gross profits of four and a half million dollars more. When we look at that, on a uh, when you take the gross margins out you're looking at about two million dollars more in gross profits after gross costs well they're negative 2.9 million given that you're already looking at a company that's really close to break even so i do see them getting there simply by hitting that 20 million 21 million mark given their 38 percent gross margins but marginal profits if they do hit that 20 million, you're not going to see a 38% gross margin. It will increase. I'm betting that they clear break even if they hit 21 million. And that is a concept that you'll need to understand when you're looking at these companies that when they have more revenue and they get closer to a bit to profitability or beyond that, what happens is the profits you get from those other units after you clear these major costs are bigger profits.
<clears throat> yep, they made $9.9 million extra um, <clears throat> from what they called non-consistent earnings. They, they made a little extra money that had nothing to do with the core business. And you're never going to see those kinds of profits again. But they brought in $7 million for the quarter in net earnings. Awesome. Great. So if you actually saw the headline, hey, Oxley was profitable, and you thought, must be a good buy. Well, you look at the rest of the company, and you're seeing that they're roughly about anywhere from seven and a half to twelve and a half million dollars negative quarter after quarter after quarter. But again, we look at this from their EBITDA profitability. If they were to get to break even, they would only be negative about. I did some math on it. It's up on the website uh, in there in Oxley's uh, article. It will only be about three million dollars net loss for the quarter if they hit 21 million us for the quarter coming so that helps with your burn rate cash on hand 25 million 25.8 million if you look over the past uh eight quarters or so they really are starting to they were kind of flatlined for a while they just did their capital raise um existing um stockholders of course will know that they've just been diluted there was about 55 million shares issued additionally over top of something like at the time 785 million i think it was they're about 835 million right now so you know I think you really have to look at this going forward and try and break it down and say, well, they're turning. But had you had a piece of this pie prior, it's a smaller piece now. Nonetheless, cash on hand, moving upwards, the burn rate will help them if they hit that $21 million. So cash to debt ratio, they're at 20.8%. They just did a cash raise, and yet they're only at 20.8% cash to debt ratio, and I didn't really fall fawningly over that. Uh, why didn't they try and hit, say, 30%, 40%, somewhere kind of more mid-range? Nonetheless, if they do hit that $21 million mark, and their EBITDA profitability at the very least is at break-even, but I expect it will be positive, their burn rate is only going to be about three million. All right, so they have enough uh, cash to survive them well beyond one year. At that point, they should be net earnings positive. Mind you, they're the number six producer in this country of Canada, so that has a lot of potential. They're seeing revenue gains that will kind of trickle through, and it'll be positive. So I think they're they're okay from a cash perspective. Total equity, of course, starting to trend back upwards, uh, just like the cash situation. So if they can hit that EBITDA profitability level, their equity, which this is the mechanism by which they can generate revenues and profits. It is your assets. Total equity is assets less liabilities. Um, but I wanted to look, let's look at the chart real quick.
CBWTF, not really exactly exciting. Their earnings report really got them pushed downwards. Um, and the actual cash raise didn't really kind of phase it, but it was kind of all organic. Nonetheless, um, the latest release that they did here in August, which is their Q3, it's a little off from everybody else, but nonetheless, um, starting to see a bit of a bump here. And I think there might be something going on with this. And the question becomes, would I invest in this particular stock? I think it's really interesting for a number of reasons. We go back to Sundial. These guys actually have a relationship with Sundial. They've borrowed money from Sundial. They have a strategic investment with Sundial, uh, a strategic partnership. So there's a relationship there with a company that's got 750 million bucks in cash who really needs to spend 750 million bucks in cash, um, which if Sundial were to make a move on Oxley, you wouldn't exactly see all that cash being used. You'd actually probably Sundial would just issue more stock, but then they would have plenty of cash to work with. I wonder, and this is where this is more speculative. All right, they've ha they have a relationship with a company that just now picked up another, or is in the process of picking up another dispensary system, which has sixty two percent ownership of sixty two stores. Uh, they bought themselves a liquor company, or are in the process of buying themselves a, a liquor company that owns these dispensaries. They're already sitting on over 100 dispensaries because of their inner spirit and other holdings that they've got. So if Oxley were to explore that strategic partnership a little more, one of Oxley's stated goals is to get their products into more dispensaries. Well, uh, Sundial's got the most dispensaries pretty much in the planet at this point. Um, given that, you already have that relationship. How difficult is it to say, listen, we're one of, from Cannabis 2.0 perspective, we are one of the highest selling product markets out there. Cannabis 1.0, we're retooling everything and coming back and offering some products that are really selling well. Would you like to shelf them? Put them on your shelves and sell them. It seems like a win-win for both companies. Sundial, who's got these dispensary systems, is looking at a potential extension or continuation or expansion of a, of, of a, a conceptual partnership there and saying, you could easily put your products on our shelves. You're already selling well, and that's just going to improve you more and more. Now, that's purely speculative. I don't know if that's going to happen. I can't imagine why it wouldn't, but it might take some time and it might actually happen. Nonetheless, these guys, they're getting to the point where they're after this quarter coming, we're, and we're going to see their uh, earnings release here real soon, and I think this might get really interesting. And the fact that we're seeing a dip by there, that might be something else that's interesting. The potential that these guys could surprise and get a pretty decent number based on some of the momentum that they've got in their company, uh, retooling their SKU lines and things like this and bringing products out. 
um, they've seen success, immediate success, and I think they're looking to continue on that. They're not too far off from being net earnings positive. And I did some back of the napkin calculations and I asked the question, all right, you hit 21 million this quarter, which is Q4 form, that'll be the end of the year. Then let's say you hit 25 million per quarter over the next four quarters. And I did the math on that with the margins and things like this. Given the 835 million shares outstanding, you're looking at probably about a little over a penny, maybe maybe 1.25 cents earnings per share for the year off of $100 million in sales or revenue. That puts this stock anywhere from 50 cents to 75 cents, maybe even up to a buck. So I think there's a lot of potential. I know a lot of you guys love looking at these low price stocks and sitting there asking the question, where could it go? I actually think these guys could pop above their 52 week high and cross over 50 cents easily. Well, it's trading at 17 cents. So that's what, about 2.5 times? Not a bad move. I think this is a distinct possibility. I think Oxley is just on the cusp of doing something interesting. And if that's your game, I'd say go for it. For me, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> Nonetheless, I want to say thanks for uh, stopping by the website. Uh, if you're new to the channel, please, by all means, thanks for smashing the like button and leaving those great comments. You guys are always leaving great comments. Thank you so much. Uh, I just hit 3,000, uh, and I owe that all to you guys. Thank you so much. Um, I've only been doing this for about seven months, to, so to hit those kinds of numbers already with an industry that no one is loving, I was pretty like, wow, oh, wow I just hit 3,000. Cool. Didn't see that coming. Uh, nonetheless, um, make sure you hit the forum up. I just launched the forum on Monday and it's doing very well. A lot of you guys are going back, putting up postings and things like this. If you've got something interesting about any particular company, news releases or anything like that, the forum. If you have any questions for me, the forum, go to the forum because that's an excellent way for me to answer your questions, chime in on your thoughts and for the whole community to see that. Thanks again. We'll see you in the next video.